This is the Drummer's Resource Podcast, Session 71. And the quote of the day is from the Dalai Lama who said, Our prime purpose in this life is to help others, and if you can't help them, at least don't hurt them. You're listening to the Drummer's Resource Podcast, home of in-depth interviews with the world's greatest drummers and industry professionals. Information, education, and motivation for drumming and beyond. What's going on, everybody? Nick Ruffini here with another session of the Drummer's Resource Podcast. And if you're looking to market yourself as a musician in the modern world and brand yourself as a professional and get more gigs and more exposure and more followers, check out my free webinar, Marketing for the Modern Musician. You can learn more about it at drummersresource.com forward slash register. And I teach these webinars all the time, and they're 100% free, and they have a ton of knowledge in them. So if you're interested, head over to drummersresource.com forward slash register for more information. Today, I'm really, really excited about this interview. I have the amazing Pete Lockett on the show, and Pete is widely regarded as one of the best percussionists in the world. He's performed with Bjork, Peter Gabriel, Robert Plant, Bill Bruford, Jeff Beck, uh, Chris Potter, all kinds of people. He's been on major motion picture soundtracks, and he has done it all. And the thing that I love about Pete is he's not one of these guys that started when he was three. Um, and you, we'll get into that into the interview. But a lot of the people that we interview, they say, you know, oh, I've been playing since I was three, or I don't remember not playing ever in my life. Uh, but Pete got started a little a little older than, than most people, which is an amazing story in and of itself. So let's get into this interview with the great Pete Lockett. Pete, how are you, sir? Thank you so much for doing this today. I really appreciate it. Hey, Nick. Great to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what time? So it's four o'clock where you are, right? You're in, four, yeah, four o'clock in the UK. In the, where exactly, in the, where exactly in the evening, are you? Not the morning. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, I'm in London. Oh, okay. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah, that's nice. So I always like to get the the backstory of, of how people got into playing drums and this is a bit of a different interview because you don't necessarily just play a drum kit you play all all types of auxiliary percussion and so how did you get into this how did how did you start to go down the road of of uh, all this crazy percussion that you play oh I was, I was a very late starter actually i didn't start till uh till the age of 19 and uh, it was just completely by chance you know i was walking past a, a drum shop one day and there was a sign in the window for drum lessons, five pounds it was. I thought, oh, you know, I'll check that out. Mm-hmm. And um, two weeks later, I was in a punk band. <laughs> yeah, it was a fast track. I mean, it wasn't exactly complicated, it's got to be said. Right. But, um, yeah, the guy before me used to get tired halfway through, uh, you know, the guy I replaced used to get tired halfway through the songs, and he never used his bass drum. He just had to, to put his small tom on. So, I mean, God knows what it sounded like, but, you know, I, I got the gig. So now were you um you started on a drum set? I started on drum set. Yeah, for some for some years I was focused on on drum set. Ah, I got you. I got you. So how did you how did you make the transition to the all this other crazy percussion? Well, I just slowly began to add it really. I mean, the first thing, you know, that that I came across that that really grabbed grabbed my attention was I mean, that's probably 5 or 6 years after I'd started playing the drum set so I was no, mid-20s by now and um I there was a, it was by chance near me there was a free concert and it was Zaki Hussein the great master Zaki Hussein mm-hmm. uh, and the great late Ali Akbar Khan who plays an instrument called the Sarod um and and it was a free concert and it was just 
it's just one of those life-changing moments you know it's just so it was so absolutely amazing it was just like you know when you see something and you've got you know you have absolutely no concept of of how it's done or you know what they're doing um it was just like wow what it's like it, they'd landed from mars or something it was so incredible and um and then a few weeks later quite by chance i mean you know i just made a mental note of it then uh, a few weeks later a, a newspaper arrived on my front doorstep and it had fallen open and and it was um tablet lessons hmm. so that's what that's what kind of got me into you know i went down and started the tablet lessons and, and that was it really once you, it's the sort of thing once you've started you know you can't stop really right then it turns into this this snowball effect exactly yeah now I mean, go ahead yeah no, well, I was going to say the other thing was that, you know, another thing that, that helped with the percussion was that I couldn't play the drum set at home. Mm. So, uh, you know, that was, uh, you know, it was very convenient for me to practice the tablet at any time, day or night. So, that you know, that was another reason to, you know, get into it. Right. So, well, a couple of questions, but I would I'll get into the, uh, the rhythm of things um, a little bit because the rhythms that that you're playing on percussion not all of the rhythms but a lot of them are not native to you know to uh to four four music so i'm sure that it, it took you a little bit to learn all of these rhythms now did you travel around a lot because a lot of these rhythms you have to you have to live live there or or, or live in that that sort of rhythm for a long time so did you do a, tra- a lot of traveling studying no, most of my study was in London, actually. I mean, mainly the Indian, the Indian stuff. I mean, there's such a, a you know, expat con- community of Indians in in um, in London, and you know, some of the great masters come and live here and teach, and so you can pretty much learn it as if you were learning it, um, yeah, in India. And, and it's about absorb, you know, just letting letting it soak in and, and just spending so much time with something that that it just kind of becomes second nature to you. Yeah, because I know that, you know, unless you have somebody who really understands, it's hard to learn this stuff out of a book. Um, you know, I think that you can learn a, a rock beat out of a book, but when you get into some of these, um, you know, some of these different Indian rhythms and South African rhythms and all these things, they, you know, reading it out of a book doesn't give you the the natural feel. So do you think it definitely helps to learn it from somebody who is, who is um, you know, who has grown up with it and has been playing it for all these years? I think with the Indian thing, if you if you want to play, you know, within the Indian um, system, then you you have to kind of learn from a master. Really, it's it's you're right. I mean, it's the one thing that you can't learn. You can't learn it from the internet. You can't learn it from a book. But having said that, you could still come up with something interesting um, by a sort of a, a removed study. Um, with the tabla, I mean, part, it's not just the rhythms; it's how the drums are played, how the strokes are, are made on the drum. You know, the finger positions, and it's it's so involved and so complicated and so very specific that I find it hard to imagine how anyone would be able to learn properly, actually, from um, the internet or from a book, mm-hmm. Indian tabla or Madingam or stuff like that. Now, would you say that playing? hand percussion and and auxiliary percussion is different or harder than playing just a drum set no i I not not it depends i mean it's it depends on the situation really um you know the one thing that 
you know, with if you if you're the only percussionist, then you know it's a different situation. But um, you know, if you're a percussionist with a drum set player, you know, I think there's a there's more responsibility actually on the drum set in in the sense that you know if the drummer misses a backbeat, if the drummer you know foot wavers a little bit, you know, everyone notices. You know, whereas you know, if if you're in a situation where there's a percussionist and a drummer. Um, it's it's not quite always like that. I mean, obviously there are exceptions to to all of those uh, scenarios. But so I think actually the responsibility of a drummer, a drum set player, is uh, you know I think it's the hardest, um, you know, the most responsible position in any any band situation really mm-hmm. in in terms of Western, you know, Western music. Now, what do you what do you think the difference is between the job as the percussionist versus the drummer? Say even say they're playing together, because I'm sure that you've seen this a million times. You have a drummer and you have a guy, you know, playing kungas or playing bongos or something like that. And and he's just flailing away on the on the bongos and just and not really adding anything to the music. Yeah, well, it depends. I mean, again, it's it's very hard to sort of draw up a a any generalization about any combination of musicians because this always going to be different. I mean, you get Giovanni Hidalgo and and um, you know El Negro playing together, then obviously that's not the scenario. Yeah, Absolutely, it's the same Absolutely. same instrumentation. So really, it's it's you know it's dependent upon the situation and the musicians and 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 obviously you know you choose you know you choose the what you think are the things that move you, the things that, are, you know, you think are, are, you know, good to listen to. Sure. You know. Well, let me rephrase that question a little bit um, because I would say here, especially here in the States, and I'm guessing uh, um, in the UK as well, that drum set gets more attention than hand percussion does here. So I think that the the education level, and, and, and I'm generalizing for most people who are not professional uh, percussionists, and I think that the that there's so much lack of of education here in the United States with percussionists, so that when you get a band that's you know just some local cover band that's playing in a bar, you have a drum set player and a percussionist. The percussionist I always feel like is lost and doesn't doesn't really know what their role should be. And so that was more of my question of you know what should a percussionist role be when when playing with a, another drummer, because I know my role as a drummer, but maybe not necessarily if you put me on a bunch of auxiliary percussion. Well, I mean, part of the thing is that we're looking at percussion that's, that's out of its idiom. You know, there's, there's, there's not really a specific set way for a, for someone to play, you know, congas and, and bongos and timbales, for example, in, in a pop band. Whereas if you put that person, you know, a, a schooled person um, in into a you know proper Latin situation, then there's absolute specifics um, that they would do. So, I mean, that's the first issue is that, you know, in a sense, there's no manual for what to do. It's it's kind of a free form, um, you know, whatever uh, fits. Uh, and now, you know, the drum set obviously is the you know the cultural instrument of of the cultural percussion instrument in North America. And there's so much specific material written about how people, you know, approach different sorts of music and the kind of ways they they play within a musical scenario so that's the first um, situation and the, the second situation is that you know unfortunately it's it's one of those things where you know some people think oh you know i just jump up and you know bang on something and and you know i'm in the band the percussionist so, i mean i was watching a couple of bands 
you know, at Glastonbury and the percussionists were, you know, they had the, 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 um, the intellect of a pea, I think. I mean, it was just, there was nothing happening, you know, it's like, and they were, the mics were, weren't even on, you know, the mic, they're just dancing around and, and, you know, what's the point? Um, so that, you know, those type of situations can give the idiom a bad name, but when you look at the overall world perspective on percussion and you look at the, world percussion traditions from latin to india to africa to japan the number of different ways that rhythms are put together the number of intricate techniques you know the the vast amount of of rhythmic knowledge um, in in and, and very different rhythmic knowledge actually and different approaches in all these different areas that it's uh, you know it's a, a mind-boggling um, scenario you know it's, it's quite a amazing when you see the world of percussion and the and the you know the amount of ability that there is out there in Mm -hmm. in the world and bear in mind you know um in terms of the west and america um you know it's 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 not the whole world so there is there's so many other places that have such a, a an amazing you know rich tradition um and it amazes me actually that that there's not more um you know, integration with, um, you know, within popular, you know, Western or American or, or you know, music um, of, you know, different music traditions. I mean, we see, you know, Robert Plant and, and people like that, you know, getting the Moroccan thing happening every now and then. And, and obviously Peter Gabriel and, and David Byrne to, to uh, Talking Heads, you right. know, they kind of all bring it in for a while. And they'll bring it in in a tasteful way where the percussionist has a very specific role and a very, you know, and a voice. It's really about whether someone has a voice in in a musical situation. That, I guess that's the answer to the question is that does someone have a voice and an objective? And if a group of musicians think they can get a percussionist in and just stick them on top and, and whatever, then, you know, they're misguided um, in terms of, of, you know, it's bad composition, basically. Sure, sure. And I, you know, I think that that percussion as a whole here in the States is often disrespected and and played incorrectly. And I don't know if it's, you know, the lack of education or the fact that it's not native to our country. Mm. Um, Yeah, but I think actually, you know, kind of in a sense, it's not the case because there's so much, you know, there's there's a there's a lot of emphasis on on, you know, not necessarily in mainstream music there, but um, in in you know, in universities and, and, you know, there's, there's a lot of cult, um, you know, uh, not cult like that, you know, but there's a lot of um, cult musical circles, you know, like frame drummers, people like Glenn Velez and John, John Bergamo and, you know, people like that, that have, that have, um, you know, made massive, you know, marks on the, uh, you know, on the, on the music scene there that, that actually, you know, I think in actual fact, you're in a better position there than we are in 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 Britain. I mean, the, the advantage of being in Britain is that there's lots of, um, you know, there's there's lots of almost like pure sort of musical cultural situations that you get. Um, well, obviously, you get that in America, but I don't think quite so much. And obviously, it's a lot more spread out. Um, but you know, we don't have any real. There's no real focus on world percussion or, or percussion of the world in universities here, like there is in America. Like Berkeley, for example. You know, Jamie Haddad for for a long while was as one of the professors. So, you know, I think it's. I think it's not. A, it's not a, a. You know, the glass is half full, not half empty in right. terms of percussion in America. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and when I, you know, when I was in college, uh, I had I was in an African percussion ensemble, African percussion ensemble, Brazilian percussion ensemble. Uh, we had Ney Rosaro come in from Brazil. Um, so there was, a, you know, there was definitely a strong emphasis on on percussion outside of of the drum set, which which I think is great. Um, so I, I I agree with you that there, I guess the knowledge is here, but maybe I don't know, maybe just because people weren't weren't born with it and didn't grow up with it you know maybe I think that's it. And I gravitation think, toward it i think people are scared of it as well a little bit you know it, it, it's hard it's it, it can be yeah it really it is. can be yeah one of the things that amazes me if you look back to the origins of the drum set you know it, it was percussion and drums it was all mixed funny sounds but now in the modern day scenario with the, the drum set is very very quantified you know it's very specific it's like if you're lucky you might get a cowbell you know right uh, so you know, it's it's a shame, really. I I don't understand why drummers in general are more interested in in um, bringing in lots of different sounds. I mean, look at um, um, Terry Bozio, for example. I mean, he's a classic example of bringing in loads and loads of different sounds and having an inquiring mind with sound. You know? Sure, sure. And and adding to your comment that yeah, this is the drum set is a combination of all of these different instruments from all around the world. And then it came to America and it became Americanized. And then everybody's kind of saying, no, I don't want anything else to be a part of this kit. Now yeah. it just has to be, you know, kick, snare, hi-hat, toms and cymbals, and that's it. Yeah. Um, well, I suppose the, the difficult thing as well is it's being pulled in every direction. You know, you've got, you've got pop um, drummers, you've got, jazz drummers you've got rock drummers you've got like extreme metal drummers and it's kind of getting pulled in every direction and a, a young player coming up today i'm sure that they must be slightly confused in in like well what aspects of this do i take you know right. wh wh where, where do i pull my information and techniques from so it's it's it's, it's a difficult situation i think yeah and it's and it's an overwhelming situation as well uh, you know i can imagine you know, coming up as a well, I guess it was the same for me when I was coming up. But but you know, saying where okay, where do I start? Where do I what do I need to learn? Or you know, what what are the what direction do I need to go in with this instrument? Because it is yeah. it is very very overwhelming. And you know, it's, and that that was speaking a little bit to my comment before about about percussion. Um, you know, for me, sometimes I feel like it gets it not. I don't want to necessarily say it gets a bad rap, but but people uh, dismiss it quickly. But then if you, you know, because they think it's, they, either... well, it depends where, you, it depends where you look and who you're speaking to, you know, right. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, maybe in the pop world, mm -hmm. you know, it might and be. And I didn't mean that in a, in a dis disrespectful manner in any way. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I think that some, I, I guess it's it, like we were saying, it's not, it's not, um, as heavily studied over here. And I, I, I don't know if people think that they're, you know, if they're afraid of it or maybe they think it's easy, you know, and then you look at somebody like, like yourself or, or tree lock or somebody like that, then, you know, they realize how, how in intricate these instruments are and, and the rhythms that are being played inside of them. Yeah, it's very true. <laughs> well, maybe they're scared of them. <laughs> yeah. And the other thing is, you know, when people don't play drum set, you know, just a, a someone who just listens to music, it's it's kind of weird and it's something that I've heard lots is that people kind of think, oh, playing the drums will be easy. You know, anyone could do that. And it's only when they actually try and play the drums, they think, oh, bloody hell, that's like the nightmares are really hard. Right. You know, so it, really it's about as much as anything. It's about education, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. 
Now, where would you suggest that people start if they are if they're just a drum set player and they say, "Man, I really want to expand into some different percussion." You know, do you think that uh, you know they should jump right into the tabla, or do you think it should be somewhere else? Well, it depends what they like. I mean, it, that would be dictated by the, the type of music they like. I mean, some people like listening to you know Latin music, and and if so, then you know it makes sense to get into that. Whereas some people would be you know maybe into Arabic stuff or African stuff or you know. So I think that that decision would have to be dictated by you know what does what does the individual you know what moves the individual what inspires you know and also with a mind to thinking how can it cross fertilize into my drum set playing you know it, you're gonna when i started learning the tabla actually the in the beginning it was just to complement the drum set playing it kind of took over but in, it was impossible to in, at the beginning it was impossible to imagine how i could cross fertilize and it took me years to just you know to um you know unveil and, and um, develop a method um of how to you know transpose and, and you know orchestrate stuff on drum set and that ended up in in the book that i released on hudson music um uh, indian rhythms for the drum set which was uh you know it's kind of not the end of the road it was the end of the road at that point of you know kind of the things that i sort of thought out oh, this is how we can you know put some stuff on on uh western drum set with an indian influence mm-hmm. i got you great and i'll i'll link to that um to that book actually in the show notes for this for this podcast as well so people can people can definitely check that out and speaking of releasing things that's a perfect segue to talk about the record that you just released with uh with russ miller yeah, it was amazing. And I've been so lucky in my life with some of the amazing, you know, well, musicians generally, but but drummers uh, that I've worked with, you know, from from Steve Smith and, and Benny Greb, you know, to Johnny Rabb and, and you know, now with with Russ, um, you know, Russ and I have, have uh, worked together, you know, for quite some while. He's someone that I've always respected and always been a, a great fan of. Mm-hmm. Russ um, is great. I had him on the show uh, a few months ago. He's an, an awesome human being. Yeah, he's a lovely guy and a you know, great player. And and you know the thing is as well, you like it's into collaborations and putting ideas together, and you know so we we you know we've played together a few times, and then we thought actually why don't we do the do the record? You know now we've got the the China drum show coming up and Pasic we're doing Pasic together, and but the album's called Rhythm Sphere, uh, and it's coming out on RMI, his his um, uh, record label. Mm-hmm. That's Russ's record label, right? Yeah, 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 and. Um, yeah, so it's, it's it's really exciting. A real mixture of of you know, there's a lot of Indian influences, but then there's a lot of kind of Latin influences, and and you know, obviously drum set, and it's it's quite a smorgasbord of uh, of, of influences. <laughs> That's awesome. So you said it's not out yet. No, no, it's coming out in October. I think uh, in, in okay. about in about a week. I think. Okay. Yeah, because I saw I saw Russ posting some pictures of it. I thought it was already out though. Yeah, no, it's coming out at fifteenth of October, I think. Oh, great! So uh, next next Wednesday, I guess. Yeah. Awesome, and I will link. Um, I'm definitely going to link to that as well. Um, so where did the where did the influence and the collaboration of that come together? Just from from you guys doing things in the past. Yeah, I mean, we started to. to you know, we've done a few gigs together um, and, you know, obviously from that a few tracks come out and then we think, actually, why don't we do a whole album? And so, I mean, I went to India and I got, you know, a load of stuff recorded and, and then we got some other Indian musicians into the studio um, and, you know, we just slowly started to put this, put this project together. Um, you know, sometimes we were together, sometimes it was, 
over the internet. You know, Russ was in LA, I was in London, you know, someone was in India. We're working with a great Avena player, um, a South Indian stringed instrument um, called Rajas Vadia. And it's, it's just amazing. Uh, and the, the virtuosity of these people is just, it's, it's just jaw dropping, actually. It's amazing. Hmm. I can't now. I'm gonna. I, I got to pick up this record and and check it out. I really want. Yeah, I, yeah. I really want to get inside of it. And I saw some of the videos um, that were being posted of the recording process and and things. So it definitely seems like an interesting, uh, interesting record. Definitely something you know different than a lot of people are putting out right now, which is great. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's unusual as well to hear, um, you know, a drum set because we've got Indian, uh, you know, instrumentalists on it, Indian right. um, tuned players. Um, it's very unusual to hear like, a, a, you know, pure North American drum set player playing, a, you know, drum set in, in that scenario. Obviously Steve Smith has, has uh, done a lot of that, mm -hmm. but it's, uh, it's an interesting combination for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the videos look cool and that was just, you know, snippets of it. So I definitely want to, definitely want to check out the rest of it. Now, speaking of you were you'd mentioned, you know, playing different gigs with Ross and and you being in the UK and him being in L.A. And but you also do a lot of major motion picture work and you've uh, you know, you've played with a bunch of people from Jack, Jeff Beck to Peter Gabriel and, and Chris Potter and all these other people. Um, so how did you how did you start to, to migrate over here and start to get gigs over here? Was that through some of the stuff that you did with Jeff Beck and Peter Gabriel or was it? Mm. Well, actually, most of the film stuff is, is based in London that I've done. So, really? I mean, I worked very closely with David Arnold. Um, okay. So, I mean, that's, Air Studios is 200 yards up the road from me where, where all <laughs> those films are done. So That's convenient. But, you know, the session world, it kind of opens up over many years. I, I get a lot of people asking, you know, how can I start out as a session drummer or a session, you know, musician? And it's like, well, it's weird because it's a question that you can't answer to people. It's like, well, okay, you know, you could say, you know you've got to have a show reel and you've got to do this and you've got to you know have a website and contact people and people have to know easily what it is you do but you know whether those chances come your way is is you know it's random it's absolutely completely random when things come in it's like it's almost amazing. but then once you've got your foot in the door and you're working with those people then it's word of mouth and and it's a very small world so it's it's kind of easy to a point to uh you know as long as you're doing doing something worth recording um easy to you know continue in that vein mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you know you, you have to get you have to get one because i think a lot of people look at the big picture and they say well i want to be i want to be a studio player so i want to be playing on all these records and they look at the big picture but you just have to get the just get one recording date you know, yeah. work on work on getting the first one, and then you can't exactly you can't get the Although, second one until you get the first one. Having said all that, you know, it's it's such a you know, I mean, everyone, it's a worldwide phenomenon that studio work is is you know dying out. It's, sure, you know, it's like a, a less than an endangered species at the moment. You know, it's it's definitely, uh, um, you know, whittling. and I, and for me, you know, it's important that I have my own studio to be able to you know supply stuff and do stuff here because more and more people want to want to do that they want the files finished you you know ftp or you know you send it them and uh, you know that that's more of uh, i'm getting more of that than actual studio work which is actually more convenient too because you don't have to leave your house massively more convenient <laughs> <laughs> they try it with 500 kilos of drums you know right right <laughs> 
Yeah, and that's you know that's the direction that a lot of people are going. You know, a good friend of mine, Dylan Wissing, is a you know he's a Grammy award winning drummer, and he was like, I'd never have to leave my studio. Yeah, you know, he may go into you know down the road or something to record once in a while, but for the most part, people are just sending files. And I know a lot of people that have recorded records, you know, for people they've never even met before, which is which is amazing. So. On one hand, it's a shame that that things aren't the way that they used to be. But on the other hand, you know, it's it's technology and it's the direction where things are going. So I think people should embrace it and and learn how to use it to their advantage rather than complaining about it. Well, it's very true. You have to accept change. And you know, the, the people that don't accept change are the people that soon are out, you know, out of work. You know, mm-hmm. you have to uh, kind of embrace it and also be creative about thinking, what are you going to do? You know, what are you going to do to, you know, go with that? I mean, I've always been into technology, you know, you know, and, and a couple of years ago, released my, my first app um, called Drum Jam mm-hmm. um, for i i devices. And you know it's a percussion app, percussion and drum set. In fact, Russ has got a drum set on a drum kit on there actually. Um, it's just another way of of uh, you know moving forward. I mean, that's with a company called Sonosaurus, who are a brilliant Washington-based uh, uh, company. So we've got a partnership with for for the for the Drum Jam app. Um, but you know, it's like things like that. You know, what can you bring all those things in? And then you know, people actually, I've had sessions because people like the app. So, but, really? oh, I like the sounds on the app. You know, can you, you know, want to get you, yeah, what, what, can you do, you know, some, some tracks, you know? So it's funny, you know, it's so got to be positive. What exactly is the, uh, what exactly does the app do? Well, it's quite a lot, actually. It's, it's first of all, um, it's, it's lots of loops of, I mean, it's all acoustic audio. So there's nothing MIDI about it. Mm-hmm. It's all me, all me playing. Um, and there's, you know, loads and loads of instruments. And basically you drag, uh, say, you know, you've got bongos, for example, you drag that into a window, which is pan left to right and volume up and down. So you can drag all these different uh, instruments in cajon, tabla, you know, gatam, all these different things and create kind of your own percussion mix. And then you can randomize it. So you can keep the instruments the same, uh, but change the patterns. Um, or you can, uh, you know, change the, the patterns, uh, change the instruments all altogether. So, and there's, you know, there's literally millions of variations because there's so many different loops for, for each instrument. Hmm. And it's from 60 BPM to 200. Um, and then on top of that, there's, there's a solo pad. So there's instruments that you can play uh, just by kind of dragging your finger. And it, the way that it triggers, it's automatically in time, well, with the loops so it's it's quite a you know it's quite a um it's pretty crazy yeah no it's, it's i mean that's just tub just touching the surface i mean there's so much with with effects and and it, like it's educational as well there's a big educational package in it and and so it, it's quite um you know uh, it covers a lot of bases basically so now is this is this your app or is this a collection of of a bunch of different people and you are one of the featured artists on the app no, no, it's my app. And oh, it's my great. app with with Sonosaurus. So we're we're a partnership. Oh, okay. Uh, and uh, yeah, and I've got. There's a few. The only exception to me playing is some of the instruments. Like Russ has done a a, a drum set. Um, you know, Johnny Rab's done a drum set, and so there are a few drum set players who've supplied drum sets for the solo pads. Uh, but that uh, that's just an exception to the uh, you know to the scenario. I got. You. And now is the goal to add add more drummers over time or 
Oh, we're continually adding new instruments and um, and stuff like that. New loops, new instruments, and and so it's it's always being updated and and changed and and developed. Okay. Now, is that so? How does that work? Is that royalty free, or once they pay for the app, they can use it for? Yeah, it's it's royalty free for the user. Yeah. Okay. Of course. Yeah. Hmm. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's a good yeah, idea. you can you can you can record it all as WAV files. So you can upload it to SoundCloud. You can, you know, send it via email. File sharing. It's all loads of different ways you can use it. Hmm. That's pretty cool. I'm going to check that out. And like I said, I'm gonna I'm gonna link to that as well uh, on the show notes page, so that Fantastic. people so that people can can check that out and and download it. And you said that's for is it for iPhone and Android or just iPhone? Uh, it's just iDevices. So iDevices. It, okay. We're thinking about Android. Um. So maybe maybe in the next you know sometime in the next six months or year. Hopefully we'll okay. see. Because that's a big undertaking to transfer everything over, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not sure the exact ins and outs of the of the programming. I mean, Jesse Chapel is, you know, I think one of the best app music app programmers in in well, probably in the world, but definitely in America. You know, he's like a mastermind of all all this uh, all this stuff. And so, you know, <laughs> let him that'll, be, let that'll him be take his care headache. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Thanks, Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> so now, do you teach privately as well? A little bit, not much really. I mean, not I much. do a few people come, but I, it's I'm away a lot, and and so yeah, I don't I don't really have the time for you know a, a consistent. Uh, so more likely, people come over. They'll come over from a different you know from Europe or or somewhere, and they'll they'll have like a block of lessons you know over a couple right. of days or something like that. That's the most common scenario. Okay, so you don't do the Skype thing or anything like that. Oh, there's a few Skype ones as well, actually. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. I wasn't sure because normally I tell people if they want to, you know, if they want to reach out to, to take lessons to do so. But no, they can't. I mean, via Skype is, is you know, is possible. Okay. Okay. And if people want to learn more about you, they can just go to PeteLockett.com. Exactly. And yeah. all of his information is on there. So definitely check it out. Check out the new record coming out uh, with, with Pete and Russ Miller called Drum Sphere. No, rhythm sphere rhythm sphere yeah. my mistake and uh and like i said i will link to all of this stuff on the show notes page and pete uh thank you so much for for taking some time to chat it was a it was a pleasure i'm glad that we could line this up thanks nick great to speak to you man absolutely and uh i will be i'll be talking to you soon brilliant all right thank you sir all right, all right. see ya bye-bye. bye-bye there you have it the great pete lockett Check him out at PeteLockett.com and everything that I talked about here with Pete on the show will be listed at DrummersResource.com forward slash session 71. And if you're interested in getting more followers, more exposure and more gigs, you should check out my free webinar called Marketing for the Modern Musician and I'll show you everything that you need to get your online presence up to a professional level. You can learn more about that at DrummersResource.com forward slash register. Also, I'm coming out with a new series called Ask Rafini. So you can submit your questions to me on Twitter and use the hashtag Ask Rafini, R-U-F-F-I-N-I, and send your drumming questions and your music business questions and any other questions that you want to send me, and I'll try to answer them as best as I can. And check me out on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash drummers resource, on Instagram at drummers resource, and on Twitter at drummers R source. And until the next podcast, keep drumming. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it so much. I'll be talking to you soon. Peace.